Hey, thanks for tuning in to Bustin' Beaks and Chasing Tales. In this episode, Brian and I are joined by Seth Johnson and Russell Knight from The Turkey Hunter. Uh, they've got a TV show that streams online. Uh, it's called The Turkey Hunter, and it is an awesome show. You get the chance to check it out. Hope you enjoy the interview. These guys were a lot of fun. Welcome to the Bustin' Beaks and Chasin' Tales podcast. Join us for turkey and deer hunting tips, information, and stories. And now your host, Todd Hogan. Hey, with us on the podcast today is Seth Johnson and Russell Knight from The Turkey Hunter. How are you guys doing? Great, man. How about y'all? Doing great. Glad to have you on. Uh, I'm going to be real honest with you. I staggered across your uh, your show uh, during the height of COVID. I was looking for some turkey shows and came across yours and was just really impressed with it. So I looked you guys up to see if you want to come on the podcast and just real excited to have you here. Well, thanks for having us. We, uh, we've been following you guys as well. And, um, you know, looking at your work on um, – Waypoint, it's partnered, you know, we've been on there for two years now, and, and uh, we were on there for a couple of years before that with a, another show that we were, we work with, and uh, just like what you guys are doing, and um, so thanks for having us. Absolutely. Great. Hey, um, so I know uh, you've just finished up your third season. How'd the first two seasons go? I know you're strictly digital, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We, um, Ru- Russell and I have, have, Kind of been in the industry for about what a dozen years or so we we filmed for i think i've worked on six different shows now and and um this is the first series that we decided to do that was strictly digital mainly because we were so tired of the uh pay to play game with uh you know exactly uh, time by so yeah there you go yeah um so how did you guys did you know each other before or how did you have that come about well, I can kind of talk about this a little bit and kind of tell how the story came together. Um, I met, I used to live in Nashville and Russell, Russell's always lived there. I met him uh, at NWTF show. He and his dad have invented a turkey vest that's just incredible. And a um, good friend of mine, uh, Lamar Smith, the, the host of uh, a show used to be on there called Brush Country Monsters. We we met Russell there at a show, uh, talked to him quite a bit about the vest, and then we filmed some some turkey shows the next year, and we just kind of got to know Russell, and uh, Russell's also been um, a cameraman in the industry for, what, I don't know, 14 years or so. He, he's filmed for Night and Hail um, for a, a number of years, and then getting to know him, we asked him if he would start, like to start freelancing with us and uh, film hunts for our show. And so one thing led to another and we, we started spending a lot of time together filming hunts um, all over North America. Heck, we've been, we've been in New Zealand and Africa together. So uh, I got to know him a lot from the production side of things. And um, I mean, uh, I, I didn't know he was a uh, like a tried and true turkey killer until I really got to to know him <laughs> and then um, I've always loved turkey hunting it's just been something I absolutely loved and then the very first time we wanted to hunt together and I heard him calling I was like um we got to figure out how to to make a, a series or something and that was kind of the the birth of turkey hunter and you guys are on the right path because that is what you're doing I watched it and I loved it loved it it's uh like what brian was saying it's it's a great show it's it's well put together um i don't know if there's anything harder to film in the woods than turkey trying to get a turkey kill uh you got multiple angles and it's it's just a really neat show you guys are doing exceptional at it i give you that we really appreciate it and uh we've got some great industry sponsors um you know russell has known uh the marketing director uh rafe nielsen from Browning for so many years. I think Russell, you how many turkeys have you killed called in for him before? Quite a few, I'm sure. But um they were they also when we had this idea, we went to them and they they 
they knew what Russell could do and they, they've seen his work before. So they were, they were in with us from the very beginning. And that's kind of that support from the industry, from that industry sponsor really kicked it off for us. Exactly. All right. Well, just out of curiosity, how long have you guys been turkey hunting? <laughs> Say no more. I heard the God. <laughs> I killed my bird in uh, 2001, my first turkey. And uh, I remember like it was like it just happened. But uh, it's it's been a while now. I know, uh, and it never gets old. <laughs> About 20 years now, man. I've been I've been doing it. And Seth, how, how long have you been doing it? Well, I, I didn't, you know, I grew up in North Alabama. We didn't have turkeys there when I grew up. I, I did not shoot my first turkey till I was 20, almost 27 years old. So I'm mid forties now. So I've been, been after him for a solid, oh, I don't know, do the math on that. Um, 15, 18 years, somewhere in there. But um, Russell, I mean, if you guys can look in the back of his background right there, that little rope that's across <laughs> the top of his, uh, his room there, that's that spurs. Uh, that's spurs. Yeah. That's spurs. <laughs> Don't count those. <laughs> I'm going to take a picture of that so I can post that. <laughs> well, that's pretty good, buddy. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. So, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it's a, I didn't. Even, I had no idea that was in the frame set point. <laughs> That's okay. That's what I do with them. I, you know, everybody's got their own thing they do. With Russell, I, I'm telling you, I give you the utmost respect. I've been doing it uh, 30 years now. Yes, sir. That I've been uh, been hammering them every year, and I've never thought about putting spurs on it on something like that. And I'll tell you what, I seen that the other night, and I've been kicking myself in the ass ever since. <laughs> I was like, why wouldn't I think of that? <laughs> Well, my dad actually taught me how to do that. He used to do that to his spurs, and uh, it preserves them. You know, when you have something, they mean a whole lot. I mean, I, li I like my deer heads, but that those right there mean a whole whole lot to me. Hey, yeah. Russell, reach up there and grab the ones on those deer antlers and just just show <laughs> these fellas. He he is he never toots his horn, but guys, there's like uh, like eight birds on this string. They're like an inch and a half spurs. He oh, is he I, <laughs> he has a knack for shooting giants. So. Uh, I just blind run and look is all I did. That's that <laughs> <laughs> big turkey we killed uh, last year. Uh, uh oh, that's some dandies. Atlanta, Atlanta. Uh, he's at the taxidermist right now. He actually just called me and said, "Come pick him up." So, and this is uh, this is a replica of that two inch bird. bird Hold on, we'll, we woo! I'm gonna take a picture that's a dandy of that so there, people buddy. can see it. That's neat. Yeah, it's My not exact as far as you know the thickness of it. It had a lot more mass to it than that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty so, I don't want to wreck your season three, but uh, how did the 2020 season go for you guys? Man, it went great. I mean, we had uh, we got some we got a whole lot of content, a lot more Eastern content this year than last year because we, you know, we killed. Gosh, we we did a number on them last year in in the hill country and in South Texas, you know, with the Indian Creek guys and stuff. But uh, this year, you know, because of all the COVID stuff, and we we really had a chance to do a lot more Eastern stuff so this we had big plans and a lot of it got shut down i mean we were going to go to kansas we were going to go to ohio kentucky all those hunts got canceled so it just was we had to change everything midstream and it was a yeah we were kind, kind of, of the same way to be honest with you but yeah brian uh brian was on his way to kansas and they shut it down and uh what the last weekend four they days yeah they said four days said when his fiance is from out there, so he packed up and one Friday evening he goes, I'm in Kansas City heading west. I was like, well, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. We, we always kick our season off in Texas. Just we, we've got a lot of connections out there, some big ranches, and we just opening week Rios are just some one of our favorite hunts of the year. So we were going out there hell or high water and it was one of those scenarios where they hadn't shut everything down, but it had, I guess it, it had hit the fan, so to speak at that point. And so I have like a 36 gallon tank on my truck. I think we, we drove until fumes filled up one time and then kept <laughs> going and we, we made it. But, um, you know, we figured I, we're probably safer in the Turkey woods than we are any anywhere else. So we, we, uh, 
went out there, had a blast, and then did the same thing going home. So, what? Uh, when did the Texas season kick off? It was uh, March. What is it? Twenty first or twentieth this year? It was that Saturday, at, somewhere around there. It's always oh. the same time as. It was the same day as Alabama this year, so it kind of messed things up with that hunt a little bit. But we're not um, in mid Texas, so. No, we ain't in Texas. <laughs> Seth, it was right. He's Rio's, he's Texas Rio's, and it's just something I have to do every year now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen on the show, it looks like they just come in in flocks. I mean, oh, I was watching watch one a couple weeks ago and it looked like there were 15 gobblers running at you. <laughs> well, I mean, I, it can be different, though, because we – I guess the year before in Atlanta, we had a great hunt. But then, I mean, this this year it was like, I don't know what happened. It was Jake City. We had yeah. – how many Jakes did we see opening weekend? Uh, man, it was, it's almost like uh, it was a little off this year, you know. Uh, I don't know if you guys experienced that at all, but it, it was definitely like that for us in Texas. It was now, the COVID. <laughs> that's what it was, yeah, the COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> But we, we did get some good content, though. When, when, we, when we go back and look at it, we, we really did. I guess we got so ruined last year, you know, in uh, Lano and, you know, Four Seasons is a place that's just – it's just unbelievable every year. And you get used to that and you have a little off season and it kind of <laughs> gets you down in the dumps a little yeah. bit. <laughs> and, and what's even tougher is he, there were times when we had birds come in, but they, like, come in on this – on the worst possible direction and we could have pulled the trigger but there would have been no show content so you gotta let the yeah. bird walk off those those just hurt those hurt bad right what, what percentage what percentage of the birds that come in do you think you have to let walk because they just you don't have the the camera shot man go ahead be honest <laughs> it's, it's different every year but it, i let several walk off this year you know percentage wise Mm, I don't know, probably, probably 10, I'd say 10, 15%. Uh, just because we, I had a lot of birds come in that just didn't, weren't actors and we really wanted good content. I mean, that's, I mean, that's why, you know, everybody likes the show is because of the good content. I mean, we really don't want to shoot the bird unless he really does something special. And that's what we strive for. So that's one of my, my favorite parts about your show and Brian, I've messed with it a little bit, but You've got that GoPro sitting right there, and about 90% of the time you get to watch that gobbler just flog the Jake, and I'm like, that, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, Russell and I made a plan when we, as soon as we started this show, you know, I, you guys know the whole cutaway deal where you kill the, kill the turkey and then, then go back and do all these recreates and all that stuff, and, and we did not want to do – we wanted complete live angle for how the scenario went down. And so, last the footage you guys watched last year was more like, you know, a couple of GoPros and, and, and your live angle on your, your bigger servo camera. And this year we – gosh, how many, how many camera angles did we have, Russell? It was like – sometimes we had five going. It was just to try to give that different perspective so that the edit would look interesting and we didn't have to resort to any kind of – recreates or anything like that and that was we really made an effort to to not try to do that um, and i think i think honestly that's what that's what makes your footage um, a lot better you know todd and i this is uh eight years we've been in the industry and uh to we we can spot you know different things that happen we can tell you b-roll and yes and everything and uh it looks authentic i think authentic yeah, yeah. I think that's what you're looking for, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And but on top of that, we we also, I mean, we're the we, we're creative guys, so we want to try to do all that cool slow mo stuff and everything else. So what we tried to figure out how to do was, okay, once we get the turkey dead and we're sitting over it, kind of recant recapping, telling all the cool story, that's when we go back and show our creative stuff, uh, the slow mo fun stuff, and that's just to. to uh, you know, allow us to be cameraman too. So we're right. We can do the best of both worlds that way. I was actually watching one last night, kind of doing some homework for this one. And uh, I believe it was you guys were in. Um, I think it was season one. You were in Florida, and uh, just the one of you was holding. I can't remember which one was holding the turkey, and you kind of panned 
from his left to his right around the front in slow-mo. And I was like, ah, oh, you know what? I dig that. That's cool. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's a heck of a contraption in itself. And we got to tote a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it does pay off, especially when you go back, like you guys just said, when you go back and watch it, man, you, it all pays off. And, you know, Seth's, you know, producer and he – at the end of the day, you love seeing this stuff and it sets us apart, you know, from this other stuff that's out there, you know, not downing that at all. There's a place for everything, but uh, we really like what we've come up with. It, it is definitely fun. I I know during all the COVID madness, I went out and I just decided one morning I wanted to turkey hunt by my, just, I, I wanted to go kill a turkey and I had the perfect hunt and I felt guilty the whole like next week because I did not film it. And it's just like, okay. I got no choice now. I got to film every hunt I'm on. So. Yeah. Hey, before I lose track of my notes here, I want to make sure I get it out. What what platforms can you can you find your show on? I've seen it on YouTube and Amazon, but where else can you find it? We're uh, Waypoint is is kind of our our leader there, um, and then uh, we're on. Uh, help me out, Russell. Where where all are we? Amazon Prime, Waypoint, Carbon. Um, Carbon. Carbon TV. Yep. Okay. That's okay. a big one. Yeah. And then I think I staggered across you on uh, just playing YouTube. And then I, then I found you on, uh, uh, last night I was watching on Amazon. So, or no, I'm not, uh, yeah, Prime. So. I like Prime. It's just, they're a little slow in updating. We, uh, it takes like months to get the shows to go on, even though I submitted them way back uh, in like March or something. But so I'm still waiting to get some of the, because we did 12 shows this year for the season and I don't even think six of them are up there yet. So that's the problem with Amazon. You gotta, you gotta just be patient. So. Well, so if they're busy taking over the world, but they don't have, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so and again, I'm not trying to spoil your, your 2020 uh, season, but you know, for your show, but what States were you able to hunt in this year? Well, we started in, uh, started in Texas and, uh, Alabama, mostly the southeast, you know. Uh, Dad and I, of course, went to the Midwest, some places in the Midwest. We actually had some we – ha we had a hunt in Kansas and Oklahoma that we really couldn't make, you know, because of all this crazy stuff, but uh, which would have been some awesome content. <laughs> but uh, Dad and I made up for some of it and uh, in the Midwest. So, didn't yeah, you, didn't sure you tell me you came to Missouri for a late season or for a hunt? Is yes. that right? Yeah, we, I thought so. Missouri and Iowa dad actually drew an Iowa tag uh fourth season I believe it was so we kind of killed two birds with one stone and we both shot a Missouri bird and he killed his Iowa bird so that made up for some content plus we got some, you know Seth and I were talking about <laughs> after watching last season that we needed more eastern so I think we made up for it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> while I'm thinking about it uh what's your favorite species of them to hunt do you have one you got to go with the easterns I mean, Russell, Russell has a knack for those Middle Tennessee Easterns, but, man, I, I just love – I love those Texas Frios. It's, <laughs> it's hard to beat. <laughs> if I could move there tomorrow, I'd be there. That's just um, – but, but uh, yeah, I love those, <laughs> those Texas I, Frios. But. I, hate to put, I hate to put a stamp on that because I've had some of the best times of my life on each subspecies, and – it's always great coming back home, but like Seth says, I mean, the last couple of years, these Rios have gotten my blood, and it's I can't I can't survive a season without them. Yeah, so, I guess I'm the same way. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I've been I've been out to hunt Miriam's twice, and each both times I've I've absolutely had an incredible hunt and loved it. The birds gobbled like crazy, and then this you know beautiful thing with snow white tips on it. We're gonna go. We're actually we're going. We're going this upcoming year. We're going to go to uh, Black Hills area, and, and if, if all this COVID stuff will go away, we, we're going to try to go back, go back out there and, and hunt Miriam's. But um, we've only got to hunt uh, Osceola's once, really. So uh, both Russell and I fulfilled our our Grand Slam on the same the same trip. That was the episode you were watching, actually. Yeah, so. I watched that about twelve hours or about twenty four hours ago. Good one. <laughs> So, if uh, – it's probably a hard question to answer. Maybe. What, what species do you find the toughest to hunt? 
Eastern by far. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was going to argue with you if you said anything else. <laughs> that, that, that's just it. I believe 90% will agree. It's just uh, uh, they just get a lot. I think they get a lot more pressure than all the other subspecies. Right. What, I think with Easterns, though, I know where I, I mean, I live in Alabama and, uh, you just, I mean, they're so tough here. You just about can't take a decoy out, period. You got to be an incredible caller, and which, you know, I'm not. I, I can run a slate, and that's that's about all I'm good for. Uh, I'm not very good with a diaphragm, but uh, Russell, has a, Russell has a way. That's why, you know, he can get them all dead. He just has a knack for that. But, uh, man, just Easterns are tough for me because I, I have to employ some tricks that work at other places, but not here. So. <laughs> that's that's kind of the boat I'm in uh I didn't grow up like I kind of like you I didn't grow up turkey hunting I uh my dad was a fisherman so the springs we we spent bass fishing so what I know from turkey hunting I've learned from Brian here over the last 20 years but I treat it kind of like deer hunting I find me a good place and I just set up a weight <laughs> there you go when all else fails yeah just deer hunt <laughs> you'll end up shooting one sooner or later yeah. yeah, they come out of the woodwork when I'm deer hunting, so they ought to be there. <laughs> uh, we kind of talked about this, but you guys, you're talking about your, your cameras and the multiple angles, but then you're talking about how, uh, you know, you um, it's tough. You got to let birds walk, but just kind of explain some of the difficulties in, in like uh, you were saying, packing gear in and multiple cameras. It's, it's, it's probably the hardest thing to do in the woods, isn't it? Turkey hunting and trying to film it. Yes. Yeah. I, I, you know, Russell has some tricks and he's taught, I mean, you and your, Russell and his dad have been filming turkey hunts for how many years now? Long time. I mean, he, I've been hunting. So he, a lot of the tricks that I, I were using are things that he's, that he taught me years ago. So hold on. That's my dog. I'm sorry. guys. <laughs> <It's> all right. <laughs> 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 just add substance, but yeah, <laughs> um, it's not it's, it's not an easy thing. I mean, uh, you see a lot of stuff, you know, and, and everybody's got to learn. I get that, but it, to get a production out of it, it really takes a lot of work, a lot of experience. You know, it, you have to been there, done that to get what I'm not tooting our own horn or anything, but to get what we get, you have to, you have to spent some time been there done it spooked them messed up and, and that's just part of it that's turkey hunting or any kind of hunting in itself you have to uh wound them miss them you know you just it's just experience and uh but it's not easy it's not an easy thing that's why we're so ecstatic when we have all our cameras running <laughs> i mean it doesn't happen like that every time i mean we most of the time it's two or three camera angles that we actually got running but we, yeah. every now and then we'll mess up and we get all of them going at the same time. yeah i know <laughs> How, how many times have we been sitting there and one scares us and we're, we're sitting, trying to figure out how to reach up and touch that GoPro and turn it on? And so, <laughs> without getting busted. That's just part if, of it. That's what adds to it. It makes it, it, it's not turkey hunting anymore. You know, a lot of people that I take, you have to explain that to them. Hey, we're not just going, we're, we're not turkey hunting anymore. This is something totally different. Oh, if you guys are anything like me, uh, I'd be, half the time I have no clue of what I have until I come back, put it on, put it on the screen. And, uh, um, half the time I'm celebrating half the other half the time I'm cussing myself. <laughs> well, that's that's the problem trying to self film. Yeah. <laughs> I know the first time him and I tried to video a turkey hunt, uh, I turned around and looked at him. I go, you got it right. He goes, Oh, I got it. And then I looked at him. I go, but did you turn the mic on? And he goes, Oh no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Been there. <laughs> yeah. That's just part of it. <laughs> yeah. It's live and learn. Live and learn. That's right. You guys are you guys do a good job of it. I'll give you that. And uh Russell, I'm gonna tell you what, I I've never heard it before, but I love it when you when you pretty talk them. <laughs> well thank you, sir. <laughs> that's I that's I can't take credit for that saying. That's that's a Harold Knight saying. It and, is. Uh, it is. Something I learned from him you know years ago filming him it's just you know soft calling like for instance like when you're saying deer hunting that's what we do when you know you set up at your decoys and you call every now and then that's what i like to call pretty calling you know not just overdoing it not shotgunning or anything like that just letting him know you're there 
mm-hmm. and try to, you know, bring a hen in or that may have a gobbler with her or bring in that gobbler quiet like. So, <clears throat> what's well, uh, cool. <laughs> you're uh, you're like uh, Seth was saying, you're an accomplished caller. I'll give you that. Um, I bet you, I bet you could win a contest or two. <laughs> you guys you guys help me guilt him i've been trying to get him to enter a contest for a while now but he won't do it so <laughs> I, harold did the same thing and i the reason for that is is there's a lot of there's a lot of politics and stuff in that and there's a lot of things the judges want to hear and i just don't want it to change how i talk turkey you, you know what i'm saying uh exactly. and i didn't want to get involved with that i actually judged the grand nationals one year uh, i was one of the judges but uh I, it's just not something I really had any interest in. I, now I listened to a lot of competition callers when I was learning to call to, you know, kind of learn how they're breaking a yelp and stuff like that, and how they're cutting and stuff. But I never really had any desire to want to call in competition. Well, but I, I, I'll tell you, Russell. Everybody asked me, you know, is it your calling? Is it this and that? And I tell everybody, no, it is not because I couldn't win a damn contest, save my ass. I couldn't. I couldn't. But it is, uh, it is uh, something I picked up from you, and that you're, you're about the same way. It's, it's figuring out the mood of the bird and capitalizing on it. You're exactly right. And just seeing how hot he is and seeing how much he'll take. You know, yeah. and one, if he's gobbling at you and coming to you, then the rest of the stuff is just for show. You know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's just for camera. You're exactly right. It's, it's good to catch them hot. I know we caught several like that this year that were just yeah. wanting, to, wanting to die. And <laughs> I shouldn't say it like that because, you know, we, we really want them to do all they can do, you know. So yeah. but we did get but that's a, that's when your blood's boiling oh, when you know they're right. when you know they're hot. That's right. I mean, that's if I got to work for one, I mean it's it's just a long drawn out thing. But when they're hot. Man, I get so excited. I'm just. I look over at Seth or Dad, and I say, well, "He's coming." <laughs> yeah. He's gonna die. He's gonna die. He's gonna get it there shortly. Yeah. <laughs> I've told Todd that several times. I said, "Just, just be patient." I said, "That bird's hot," and he goes, "And all the time he's saying, what do you mean he's hot? What do you mean he's hot?'" <laughs> and I'm like, "This bird's ready. He's ready. He's yeah. he's coming." Well, and I mean, you get right down to it. They're the star of the show, so you want them to do all they can. Yeah. Yeah. Russell, Russell has this way of just knowing how far to push something to. And, like, um, I'll give you an example. We were on a hunt in around Fort Payne, Alabama, and we had the most awful mornings. Like, we, we thought their birds were going to be in this area. We had some trail cam pictures of these birds, and we sat up, and there was not – I mean, we heard a hen on the roost, right, Russell? Man. And it was it was just dead. And uh, I don't know, how, way up in the morning, it, 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 it just, I was ready to call a day and just, nah, we're done. We're out of here. And he, Russell's like, nope, we're, we're going to go right over here and we're going to kill a bird. And, my God, that's exactly what we did. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> in fact, we killed two at the same time. It was a double. But uh, – but he just has a way of knowing kind of when to call it quits and, and, and when to keep pushing the envelope. And that all comes. a lot of turkey hunters give up too easily. And, and exactly. you give him props. He'll, he'll, he, he will go as far as he needs to go to get it done. So. Do, most the, uh, do most of the states in the south, do most of them let you hunt all day long? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, because we're shut off here at 1 o'clock. We're shut off. So pressure's on. And uh, I I go as hard as I can until <laughs> yeah. Yes. There's nothing like hunting, but then also watching your watch. Then <laughs> we got to do something now. We got to go. Yeah. <laughs> Dad and I had a little bit of that going on when we when we went to Missouri this year. Of course, we got lucky and he had a Iowa tag, but it didn't take us about 30 minutes to get the damage done in Iowa. And then we <laughs> then we, we we could only hunt at one o'clock, you know. But yeah, we got mm-hmm. lucked out. We, we've had some incredible afternoon hunts, though. I, yeah. I know one of my favorite hunts this year was at 3 o'clock in the afternoon in Texas. We, that bird put on a show. I mean, a show. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. You'll get to see that one. He flogged a decoy. And I don't know how long I let him hit that thing until I finally shot him, but it was, it was a great hunt. <laughs> Four minutes of just decoy whooping. Yeah. So 
you were talking about trail cameras just out of curiosity do you use them a lot to kind of pattern your birds around the home yes sir i do especially i know seth does and uh, i do as well especially on food plots and dusting bowls like you'll start seeing those pretty early here in the south you know before season ever opens you'll start seeing dusting bowls and if you can find those heavily used areas like that put a camera over them you know you'll know if a bird's hanging out in that area at one time of day as well and trail cameras really i use them a lot hmm Russell's actually pro staff for, for Browning trail cameras and he's, he introduced me to them several years ago and then they came on board with us uh, as a sponsor for our show and we, we rely on them and I'm telling you, they take some of the best footage. It's, it's like, it's like East, it's like Christmas morning when you look at that card and then, you know, you flipping through and there's a big old strutter of there puffed up and then he gobbles. It's just like, it's just incredible when you find a clip like that on there. Oh yeah. Pretty neat. I know I've, I've we use Browning trail cameras as well. And we, I've got this year. I had three or four of them set up, and I used them, uh, uh, you know, with the with the uh, high definition, and actually got the turkey kill on one of those, which was neat. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. So, yeah. And I know um, you guys are also. We were saying earlier, you're sponsored by Browning, right? And also, uh, I know you got several, but the other one I can think of off the top of my head, Indian Creek, right? Yes. Sir. They're, they are great, great partners. Um, we, in fact, we hunted with the Indian Creek guys last year. They didn't get, they didn't get to go with us. COVID kind of kept them at home this year. We were supposed to go to Texas again, but the year before, we had an incredible hunt. Uh, Mike Ponder shot. Russell, I mean, Russell, of course, did all the calling, but uh, Mike shot a two banded turkeys with one shot. I don't know if you – been able to see that episode or not, but that was pretty, that was pretty unique right there. I so. think I have seen that one. And then That's, next uh, day, like, a, he, he shoots number 10 in Texas, didn't he? <laughs> the next day. Yeah. Yeah. The bird that had an inch and a half furs, but he had like five beards. Or something. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. Seth killed, I mean, it was ridiculous. Like, I've never seen Texas hunting like this. I mean, Seth kills a bird that's like 27 pounds. Yeah. I killed the I killed the biggest bird I've ever killed spur wise, and then I mean they all killed like inch and three eighths spur birds. I mean it, and multi bearded birds. It was crazy. It was ridiculous. Oh. Here's one of the little secrets about Texas. I don't know if I should even tell this about. <laughs> Texans don't care about turkeys. I don't know why they don't care about them, and a lot of these ranches they don't hunt them and. That we kind of we kind of stumbled onto this ranch in Lano, and I'm telling this because uh, it was kind of a one shot thing. After we went that first year, um, we took I don't know how many people did we take, Russell? Six? Uh, yes, sir. I believe we it took was. six, and um, we all bought these hunts. And, and I don't think the guy thought we were going to do what we did. Do what we did, but we did, and. Um, um, it was one of those kind of scenarios where we had a had a great hunt, shot a lot of them. Um, it was a big ranch, like twenty thousand acres or so. But uh, you know, I, I don't I don't know if they even ran any hunts on there this year. But it, there are a lot of different places like that out in Texas where you can stumble on a ranch. It's never really turkey hunted, mainly. And if you know what you're doing and you can guide yourself, they will. I mean, they'll, they'll absolutely love to have you out. Uh, they'll, you know, let you stay at the lodge, feed you and all that stuff. As long as you can go out and guide yourself, um, there are a lot of places that will work with you like that. And uh, those are the I kind felt, of uh, – I started hunting uh, uh, kind of central central west Kansas, and you said most people don't care about turkey hunting. When I got out there, it was the same way. They didn't care about turkey they just told me they said don't shoot my deer or don't shoot my pheasant <laughs> and, and nobody even cared and i'm talking thousands of acres of turkey hunting and it was just a free-for-all how many uh how many birds can you take in texas with license you can kill four. Oh, really wow oh so you yeah. could put a mask on them couldn't you Good. And here's the other fun part about Texas. If you want to kill them all four with one shot, you can legally. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty good. You get, you get four tags. You can shoot them all in the one morning if you felt like it. So. <laughs> that's, well, that'd be nice. It's a special place. 
Hey, Russell, while I'm thinking about it, because Brian and I were talking about this earlier, uh, and not to jump around here and, and certainly not to take away from your show, but you said you, you helped that you filmed for uh, Night and Hail. Are those guys as, as genuine as they seem? Because, you know, they've, they've kind of been somebody we've been watching since we were kids. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The same same thing here. I, I actually can remember being pretty young watching the stuff with Dad. But, yes, sir, they are. They felt me more than I could ever repay. And uh, they're actually a part of the show as well. You know, we try to include them a little bit every year. And uh, just for kind of, you know, a return favor. Plus, they still enjoy – they, they pretty much pioneered the TV aspect of this stuff, you know, uh, you know, them and Will and, and uh, uh, Bill Jordan and all these guys. And, and they know, they knew a long time ago what it takes to put a production together. And that's kind of where, before I met Seth, do, you know, to do all this fancy production stuff. David Hale was my first and foremost teacher. He taught me how to kind of make, build a story, you know, with a camera. And uh, but to answer your question there, about as good as they come and they're fine fine people uh, oh, i have to agree they, i have to agree you know just seeing them on tv and and watching them since i don't know we watched them back when they were still putting out video cassettes they yeah. seem like good guys i'm just just curious i'm sure they were but want to make want to see if they were really as great as they seemed and it seems so i absolutely do anything for you if they like you they, i mean if you if they see they can trust you they will do anything for you and uh, they, they have certainly helped me a lot, and I'll, I'll never forget it. That's kind of why I like to take them turkey hunting each year. <laughs> I believe I watched one last night where uh, I can't remember which one of them was, but one of them killed one with uh, – it might have been the biggest the, – uh, with the biggest spurs he'd ever killed in his life. Yes, sir. that was a, a two-inch spurred bird we killed right here 15 minutes from the house. Uh, Harold's, and Harold's killed a whole, whole, whole bunch of turkeys. He actually held the world record for a little while. And uh, – and David Hale, of course, you know, he's raised turkeys before. And he said he had two gobblers that he raised, lived in the yard for 11 years. He said when they died, <laughs> neither one of them had spurs that long. Really? So it just goes to show you, there's no telling how old that bird was, you know. And uh, he was actually the smallest one of the staves, the smallest one of the bunch, pretty much. He, he barely pushed 19 pounds. But, I mean, that's that's the way it is when they get older like that, you know, boss hog and they're fighting all the time. They have one thing on their mind, and it ain't eating. <laughs> <laughs> got, that's got a lot of boys in trouble in the past, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah that's, that's a, that was a pretty special deal there. Like, I wasn't expecting that. It was a very small piece of property, too. It was actually 35 acres, and it's uh, on three-quarters of its border by WMA, uh, WMA public ground. So, uh hmm. And yeah, I, I wasn't expecting that when we walked out there and picked those birds up. Yeah, you doubled up there that day, didn't you? Yes, sir. Yeah, I thought so. We actually killed – David killed one that morning on a different piece of property, and then Harold and I shot two out of that bunch of birds there. Let me uh, – I don't want to take up too much of you guys' time here, but let me just ask you a couple of generic questions for guys that are, that are just getting into turkey hunting. But what's the best piece of advice you could give in turkey hunting? Go ahead, Seth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I tell you, here's my advice is find someone that can call as good as russell and listen to him just spend some time with them and hunt with someone that knows how to kill turkeys you will learn a lot and that's that's the key to me you, you gotta have some you gotta have someone to teach you and uh I, every time i hunt with russell i learn something new it's just uh man he, he can call and i uh, I like to just sit back and watch, if you know what I mean. So, uh, to me, that that's the key to turkey hunting is you've got to – I think you get, you need a mentor, someone that can show you how to do it. So, And nothing beats experience. I mean, get out there and, and shoot at them and, and, you know, mess some of them up. And, and like Seth said, I mean, I, I had a – I wanted to learn to sound as realistic as I could, you know, from the first time I put a diaphragm on my mouth. And that's just something that I wanted to do. I wanted to sound realistic and I thought it would help me kill turkeys. And I went out and bought a Woodhaven, you know, recording and I listened to that. I listened to turkeys. I listened to Chris Parrish a lot, uh, Walter Parrott, and just kind of watched them and how they made these realistic sounds, you know, with a diaphragm call. And it just blew me away. And I wanted to learn to do that. And of course, I'm not, I'm not nowhere near them guys, but uh, realism will help you kill more turkeys at the end of the day. If you 
put some time in and really try to get those realistic sounds, it will help you when you when nothing else will kill him. Some realistic sounds will. I I totally agree, Russell. Uh, my thing about it is, I always tell everybody, have you ever heard about the sick hen? And everybody's like looking at me, and I'm like, you know, the sick hen that just keeps going on and on and on and won't shut up. <laughs> and you sit and you listen to this turkey, and like, you know, the most professional callers in the world, yeah. and and you're comparing it to this sick hen, but that sick hen always brings them in. Yes, it's that visual. It's the visual is what he's all about it's not about her calling it's about him seeing what he's hearing exactly yeah. exactly and, and that's what gets him dead that's what decoys are crazy now i mean it's unbelievable how realistic they are now and how much they're going to help you kill a turkey yeah I love, we love the decoys i'm telling you but i don't know about you guys but what i have I spent a lot of time looking at Facebook groups and all this stuff during COVID and because uh, there's a whole ton of like dedicated turkey groups and I don't know about you guys but I have noticed that the turkey hunting crowd is one of the most divided groups of hunters I have ever dealt with like there there's a whole camp of people that don't want anything to do with a decoy and you're you're the you are antichrist if you're out there hunting with a decoy and then there's a whole nother group that will con that condemn you if you're hunting in a blind of some kind and then there's a whole i mean it's just the most divisive group of people i've ever <laughs> dealt with and that's we're gonna do what we can to kill a turkey that's what it boils down to that's so, right at the end of the day i'm just trying to kill something <laughs> yeah. that's what every hunter's after just to be successful todd todd kind of gets aggravated at me because uh he's he's worried about the camera half the time and for myself i'm like no i don't care this turkey's dying it's dying i keep telling him like hold on hold on hold on it's not in frame it and he's like you better hurry because i'm gonna shoot it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's hard to lose it, that mentality you know especially when you you've been a hunter for so long and you really hadn't been involved with the camera much but what helped me a lot was you know, filming for night and hell, filming with dad, you know, dad and I would swap back and forth and that helped me immensely. You know, I, I got at an early stage in my filming career, I wasn't scared to tell you not to shoot, you know, <laughs> I mean, unless it was just a Boone and Crockett deer. I just, I, and I didn't have it good. I mean, I, if I didn't have it good, you wasn't going to shoot. All right. <laughs> Don't get that away from me. <laughs> well, that's, Brian and I grew up together, so I don't know how many times we've come out of the woods cussing each other and damn near fighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand. That's part of it. But Dad and I have gotten in a custom matches over setups before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> End up shooting hey. turkey all good. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh I know you just wrapped up your your filming for season three, but do you just have a guesstimate when you think it'll be out? We're gonna we're gonna try for the end of January because that's okay. kind of right before the NWTF's always what third week of February somewhere in there and they, we, what we found is because we, we're from the south people are still hunting deer all the way up to the end of January down here Texas goes into January too and so too many of these southeasterners still have deer on the brain until the end of January and that's about when we hit them with turkey content um, and and you know our ratings start going way up about February, March. And that's just, that's kind of the time frame we like to start introducing the new turkey content is, is about a couple of weeks before NWTF and people are starting to think about it. Oh, I get it. Like I said, I found your show about two weeks before season kicked off here in Missouri. And after one night I was downstairs and one came with calls and about to run through a wall. I was like, oh, it's gonna be good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you 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 guys have done uh, exceptionally well with with what you have uh, accomplished. You you really have. I mean, I've watched several, and there's there's not too many of them that I'll kick on to the next episode. Well, and uh, I let them run. I like well, we'll just watch a whole season. Night. There's not any baseball on. Yeah. <laughs> I did. You guys you guys keep it authentic and real, and uh, I think that's. Uh, that's the main thing because you know as well as I do the yeah. the hunting industry is uh, is saturated with everybody trying to do it. That's right. And 
and it, to capture somebody's attention, that says a lot. That says a lot. Thank you. We, we wanted to we wanted to have really good content, you know, coupled with good storyline and some learning factors as well. Because I think we've strayed away from that. You know, it was, like he was talking about with Harold and David, that was a big deal with those guys was to teach you and that's what we're trying we, we, we try to do that as well in these episodes i try to explain why i did what i did you know and uh that that's huge to me you know that's what another thing we really and, that, and that's good russell i mean imagine how many people that uh went out and killed their uh, their first bird by picking up even just the slightest hint that you give them that's right exactly. i mean that's a, that's amazing Hey, Russell, while I got you on here real quick, too, I wanted to – I've seen it on your show a couple times, but did you – you and your dad, did you guys invent that vest? Yes, sir. Dad and I did. Kind of a – kind of give it – kind of explain a little bit. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but, you know, for, for those who haven't seen it, what, what you got there? Well, basically, we designed a vest that holds your gun in a ready position for you while you, you run your slate calls or just, you know, allows you to sit comfortably. I mean, how many times have you been sitting there calling to a bird, he shuts up, and all at once he pops up right in front of your guns in your lap? Well, this vest kind of eliminates all that. It has a gun stock retainer built in the shoulder strap that kind of holds the butt, butt of your gun. But each vest also comes with a forearm wrist, which is attached to the vest on a heavy-duty pigtail, and it goes around your knee. And uh, that your forearm sits in that. So when you're set up, you know, your standard setup on a turkey, your back's against a tree, you know, and you have – you depend on whether you're left-handed or right-handed depends on which knee you have your gun sitting on so we, we made the vest ambidextrous uh it, it'll fit anybody and what's really really neat about it we tend to forget because we use it so much is that it actually holds your gun for you in the ready position which is huge especially turkey hunting and it just allows you to be ready and that you know I, I know you guys experience it a lot, and that's why we invented it, because we had so we, – we used to guide a lot of people, Dad and I did, and we had a lot of guys, you know, have their gun in their lap when a turkey walks up or want to move when a turkey is – when you shouldn't move. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And uh, this eliminates all that. What's, and, what's the best uh, – what's the best site our listeners can uh, tune in and, and uh, find your vest? It's on a nightshuntingproducts.com. Okay. Where you can get where you get the best. We used to have uh, several retailers, but we've uh, we're just pushing them off the website now. And that's actually how Seth and I met was, was through the vest. It's it's uh, it's been a pretty good success, and it's pretty neat to see something. Dad actually took this thing and, and built it from scratch. You know, and I, all I did really was, you know, give input on it and go out and kill turkeys with it and that's how we kind of fine-tuned it and uh but it's a really neat deal i could sit here and talk about it all day but until you put it on and you see exactly what it does yeah, that's when your jaw hits the floor it's a pretty neat product well it took me an episode or two to figure out what you were doing i was like well how's he got his gun wedged against his shoulder like that and moving around i was like oh i get it <laughs> yeah it is awesome so I, I, I don't, I can't really use a diaphragm. I can, I mean, I can make some noises, but they don't really sound like a turkey, so to speak. So I've always been a slate caller and that's how I've actually met Russell. When I walked through NWTF and I saw this vest, I said that, I mean, that's, that's made for me because I need my hands where I can run my slate calls or my box calls or anything like that, friction calls. And, uh, and so I bought one, and I was like, "This thing is awesome." That's how, and I reached out to Russell and kind of got to know him after that. So, how many years ago was that, Russell? I can't even remember now. But uh, <clears throat> it's been six or seven years. Yeah. So, well, it's it's a cool vest. With uh, get if, if uh, somebody wants to find you guys, what you know, you guys got an Instagram account or Facebook? What's the best place to find you guys? A website. We've got a website, turkeyhunter.tv, and then we've got um, our Instagram account is uh, at turkeyhunter.tv, and we've got a Facebook as well. So, um, yeah, um, our Instagram, we try to keep it active. We've got about, I don't know, 18,000 followers on that. So we, we have a, a good following on Instagram. People um, like, like to keep active content going and some of the cool shots we've come up with, that kind of thing. Well, uh, Brian, you got anything you want to add? I don't want to keep these guys. Nah, I'm, just, we have to. 
I'm just going to tell these guys, uh, if you make it to Central Missouri, you're in our neck of the woods, look us up. Um, Todd, Todd can attest to this. I, I pretty much have a turkey hunting mecca that is uh, pretty good. So uh, <laughs> Track us down. We'll put, you, <laughs> we'll put you on some birds. Not like you can't find them, but we'll put you on some. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. It's to COVID 2.0 hits this week. We're going to have to slip up for y'all's way. <laughs> well, you guys come on up. You're more than welcome. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I really appreciate you guys being on here. I wish you the best of luck. Uh, yeah, thank you guys. Uh, thank you. It's it's neat to get to talk to you. And like I said, we we just enjoyed watching your show. And I I I told Russell when I when I contacted him about this that I've got about three thousand friends on Facebook, and I know about a thousand of them. But it turned out that Russell and I were friends. So I was like, I'm just going to ask him see if he wants to come on. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so. Hey, guys, I appreciate it. Best of luck to you this year. Stay safe, and I hope you have a good uh, yeah. 2021, okay? Thank you. Sure appreciate it. Good luck, fellas. Good Thank luck. You. Coming season, brother. Thanks for having us. Hey, I hope you all enjoyed the interview with Seth and Russell. Some really good guys. Uh, I didn't actually know them. First guys I've interviewed that I didn't know, uh, but I reached out to them, and they couldn't have been more helpful and, and willing to come on, and I appreciate that. If you get the chance, check out their uh, their show. It's great. It's the Turkey Hunter. It's on um, it's on most streaming services. I know Prime, Carbon TV. I found it on YouTube. But give it a, give it a check out. It's it's well put together. A really good show. Uh, multiple camera angles. It's it's different. Uh, recording turkey uh, kills is not easy, and these guys do it well. So. Hope you enjoyed this one. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook at uh, Bustin' Beaks and Chasing Tails. You can leave us a review there. Let us know what you want to hear about more of. Um, like I said before, Brian and I can only tell you so much of the things we think are interesting. We want to hear from you. You can also go to uh, iTunes and leave us a review. Let us know what you want to hear. Uh, we've got some uh, good shows coming up. Uh, I know we were going to be talking a little trail cameras. That's some information that guys need and gals need during the summer uh, as you're scouting your deer. But uh, and don't forget to tell your hunting buddies about us. I've said before, we're growing, and uh, I'm surprised how fast it's growing. But, uh, you know, give us a share on Facebook. Let, it, let, let your hunting buddies know about us. So. But we do appreciate you listening. Thanks. For listening to the Bustin' Beaks and Chasin' Tales podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Bustin' Beaks and Chasin' Tales.